We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I know you're emotional. Man, one of y'all said the Chiefs were going to take it home this year. Not a single one. Sorry, I missed the no one thought we were going to win it post-game interview. Travis Kelsey? Yeah. Minute the game was ended. Good night! I thought they were going to win it the whole time. You know who didn't think they were going to win it? The entire Fox pregame crew. I saw they all picked. Well, Terry Bradshaw said, "What did he, right? he was like, huh, everybody's picking the Eagles. I should probably change my pick and pick the Chiefs. But he picked the Eagles anyway. I thought the Eagles were going to win it. Really did. I... And, and, and not even like at halftime, you know, like, okay, it's Mahomes. It's only 10 points, blah, blah, blah. One stop in the second half? Get one? One stop? Eagles defense? Anything? Have you met the Chiefs? Yes, I have. I've Has seen the anybody Chiefs. anybody met the Chiefs before? I have seen them before. I'm <laughs> slightly aware of what they do. One stop. You wanted one stop. One stop. Have you met the Chiefs? <sighs> well, the postseason version I'm too familiar with. And that's what they do in the regular season. He is the best quarterback of all time when trailing. Did you know that? No. Not surprising, though. The best quarterback ever. And his record, man, some of the stats on this, his record, percentage of games that the Chiefs have won with Mahomes at quarterback went down 10 points. The, I'm pretty sure, I'll pull it up here. Okay, here you go. Um, Wait, nope, I've I've got to, okay, sorry, one more time. No quarterback since 1950 has a winning percentage of more than 37% of the -hmm. games. The best quarterback in the NFL, other than Mahomes, when trailing by 10 or more in a game, their win percentage is 37% of the time they win. He is 14-10. and 10. He is over 500 and well over 500. What's his playoff record when trailing by 10 or more? Because this is at least his third win. Yeah, well, he's only got a couple of playoff losses, and you know, they're all in AFC Championships or Super Bowls. So yeah, where they, I they, don't, I don't I mean they were leading Cincinnati big in that game. They did. The New England game, were they trailing yes, by 10 or more? They were down game? multiple scores right. and scored like 31 in the fourth quarter of the AFC Championship game and then lost in overtime. Like, does that count? I mean, yes, they were trailing by 10, but then he, he got that lead evaporated. They had a big lead against Cincinnati. Early stat of the day teams that led by 10 or more at halftime of the Super Bowl were 26 and 1 until last night. You know what the. Uh, there was a team in Atlanta that had an 18-point lead okay. once in a Super Bowl. So it's oh. this. I'm going to guess that makes it the second-largest second-half comeback in Super Bowl history. If you want to make it halftime, yeah. The Niners had a second-half lead of 10 points on the Chiefs and lost. Wasn't, must not have been halftime lead. 
So the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls, both games down 10 points or more. And they're now on my list of you don't need to win any more championships. Seeing Mahomes was 5-1 and one in the playoffs when trailing by 10 or more. Oof. Including against the, in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. So the one, Lord. the one is the Patriots game that they won anyway. Unless it's going to be the Tampa game that they lost by nine. Because that might maybe that's okay. It. They're going to give the Tampa game a oh, loss yeah. against New England. They were definitely down ten points in the AFC Championship game. Came back to tie it and lost in overtime. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. He uh, he didn't throw for a ton of yards, but he was he was Patrick Mahomes. He made some really important throws. He made key throws. He completed clutch passes. He, he scrambled when he had to. Forty four yards rushing. Right. Somehow. He had a big scramble in the second half, right? After he went down hobbled in the first half. You thought, okay, here we go again. It's his ankle. What's he gonna be able to do? He had a big scramble somewhere in the second half. And he just made really good throws. You know, they he wasn't sacked at all by the defense that had more sacks than anybody else this season. And he found whatever receivers he had to find and he managed the offense and he's Patrick Mahomes in the second half. It was Almost perfection from the Kansas City offense. You know what? And really, on that last drive, they weren't trying to score a touchdown. They just wanted to run the clock down and kick a field goal. So, touchdown, 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 field goal in the second half for Patrick Mahomes in that offense. It was almost as perfect as you could do in terms of quarterback play and an offense in the second half. It's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. I... I rooted for the Eagles last night. I, I really didn't want Kansas City to win. I rooted for the Chiefs. I, I feel no... No guilt about it. No nothing. Do you? Did you have any sort of? You're mad at the Bills during this game. Did anybody out there have? You know, what, whoever you're rooting for, whether it's the Bills or the or the Chiefs, the Eagles, during the game you felt mad at the Bills. Whether it's the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the obsession with defensive ends. Yeah. I mean, was there any of that for you? No, and I think I know why. Because th- there was there was. They were two games removed from the Super Bowl. I don't know. Maybe if they got to the AFC Championship game last night was not hard for me to watch because it feels like the Bills season ended a year ago. It's a long time. Um, So, yeah, it wasn't like the AFC Championship game. I was angrier watching that because it was still fresh in my mind as opposed to last night. Honestly, (laughs) the one time when I thought about the Bills was when Butker kicked the field goal and I thought, 13 seconds, no, 8 seconds, 6 seconds. Now they're not going to do the same thing Kansas City did to the Bills in the previous season. I, no, I really didn't. I did, for sure, I sat there and thought, well, this is a hell of a lot less stressful than if the Bills were playing in the game because I, I rooted for Philadelphia, but I'm not going to tell you like I was yelling and screaming and cursing and throwing things. I sat there rather calmly and watched the football game and tried to enjoy it. No, I didn't really think about the Bills that much during the game last night. Very, very few times. One, like I said, one was at the end when I, I saw, you know, I was thinking, could they pull off what the Chiefs did in less than 13 seconds? Of course, I did, the answer would be no. I did a lot. I thought about the Bills a lot. But, I mean, that might be not that unusual to think about the Bills. I probably thought about them on Saturday and Friday, too. So maybe that's, you know, to be visited down the line. The, the Super Bowl, was it, was it an instant classic ruined by a call? I mean, yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was holding technically. It was a tough call. But you just don't make that call right there. I mean, at the Super Bowl, I know. When you make a call, this is the discussion of NHL referees swallowing the whistle in the third period or whatever. It's a chintzy call to make right there. It's a cheap call. Having said that, if it happened to me, I'd be furious. But hey, like I said, hey, Philly, get a stop somewhere. 
Don't give up 15 first downs on four drives in the second half. Touchdown, touchdown. Okay, I'll throw out one of the three touchdowns because it was a drive start at the five after the Tony punt return. First two drives of the second half, 75-yard touchdown drives. Get a stop somewhere. Get Mahomes off the field somehow. Okay, so I'm not I'm not blaming the officials because Philadelphia's defense did nothing in the second half. Best defense, nothing. Best defense in football. Didn't get a sniff of Mahomes. I mean, it's Mahomes. He's hard to sack. I get that. Nothing. You know, they. I I, I was very unimpressed with the supposed best defense. Well, the Niners are the best defense in football, but the Eagles are one of the best, right? The, I was very unimpressed with them. The Niners. Did you see what they did against the Chiefs this year? I'm trying to remember the they game. They got destroyed. Did they? Yup. At one point, the Chiefs had like 40% of all the points scored against San Francisco on the season. <laughs> the Chiefs ran over the Niners, yeah. and they ran through the Eagles. You know what's impressive? Of, of the things that, if you want to do the whole Mahomes and Andy Reid and game plan and those back-to-back touchdowns in the second half where receivers are wide open, how they're di- they diagram guys open so well. They got 38 points and had the ball for 24 minutes. They had eight offensive drives. That's a low number for mm-hmm. a football game, right? You usually get 10, 11, maybe even more. They had eight drives and scored 38 points in 24 minutes of time of possession. A little over 24. That's well, 30, efficient. 31, because seven was a touchdown from the defense. That's right. Yeah. Wasn't that the ultimate in does not matter if you have the best defense in football or the second best defense in football. They're going to score, yep. and it's up to you whether or not you and can you keep up. That's and right. You and can, they couldn't. You can be a team as good as the Eagles and basically keep up, but just have the breaks go the wrong way. But there's no room for error, so the Hurts nope. fumble, scoop and score, turns out to be a huge play. Mm-hmm. And as good as the Eagles' defense was at finishing drives in the first half, they didn't do that in the second half. And I thought Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni made some really good decisions. But there's a, was it the end of the first half or beginning of the second half? They had a fourth down and five, I think, and he decided, or six maybe, and he went for a field goal. I thought there were a couple decisions where, you know, it's it's Kansas City. You should probably try and get more touchdowns. Um, I thought Andy Reid actually was more conservative than Sirianni was. I didn't like a couple Andy Reid decisions in the game, but whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's a testament to Mahomes because Hurts played great. Other Hurts had a really good game. Outside of one big, the, the big moving, he's trying to switch hands on the one on big the mistake. run and kablooey. But he threw the ball well. He ran the ball well. I thought he played great. He would have obviously been the MVP of Philadelphia. One, mm-hmm. he was tremendous. I mean, they put up thirty-five points and lost a football game. Yeah, I would have picked Philadelphia to win. I know Kansas City's offense is great. If you tell me they get 35, I would have said the Eagles' defense is not going to give up more than 30. Well, again, I know they didn't. You know what I'm saying. They wouldn't give up that many points. Yeah, I fully expected them to get give up a lot of points. I mean, just because I've seen... Because it's Kansas City. I've met yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, and... That's the game we used to be freaking out about. That if you like the Bills, when the Bills lost to them here a few years ago, and we started thinking, "Hey, you know what? When you play them, you got to be super aggressive. You got to keep scoring. You got to go for touchdowns. You can't go for field goals. You have to outscore Kansas City." That was yesterday's game. I mean, Philadelphia ultimately in the second half didn't get enough touchdowns. They couldn't outscore Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, because I just I'm you know really don't need Kansas City to win anymore. I really don't. They were a cool story. The first Super Bowl they won. I rooted for them to beat New England, of course, in the AFC Championship game. They didn't do it. I rooted for them in their Super Bowl against San Francisco because Mahomes. This guy's fun. Their offense. They're great for the league. Andy Reid 
finally gets the Super Bowl title. Great story. All in. Kansas City hadn't won since 1970. Fabulous. Rooted for them to beat Tampa. Of course. It's Brady. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't need him to win anymore. I, I was done with the Chiefs. You know, I was done with the Chiefs in the AFC Divisional round uh, when they were playing Jacksonville. And I just, the minute the game was over, I literally went upstairs. I didn't want to see the trophy. I didn't want to see the celebration. I didn't want to see any of this stuff. Is there any part of you that's happy that the way the season ended, the narratives going forward are going to be it's Chiefs, then the Bengals and the Bills, rather mm-hmm. than it could have fell as it's Bengals and Chiefs, then the Bills? Well, yeah, I guess. Casey's still the gold standard. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I guess I wouldn't say I feel much difference between those two, to be totally honest. Between the Chiefs and the, and the Bengals? Bengals? Between any, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, doesn't it feel like they have to just because they've won now twice? I, I, I guess that doesn't change for me. I felt like, I feel like the Chiefs have deserved the benefit of the doubt over mm-hmm. every team for three years. See, and... I thought it was changing. I thought, honestly, I thought this season, yeah. as the season was playing out, 100% Bills have, have jumped over Kansas City, however narrow the, the, the gap would have been. Bills have jumped over Kansas City. And then when Cincy beat them in the regular season, I thought, okay, three straight wins over the Chiefs. That's it. Kansas City's now behind the Bills and the Bengals. Well, so much for that. Yeah. For me, it's it's like the whole obsession with getting the Chiefs here for the AFC Championship game and hosting and being the one seed. I just felt like there was a little too much. They would beat them if they were here. I don't necessarily agree. The Chiefs, they've got that guy. They've got that offense. They've got that design, that scheme, and they've got cheat codes built in. Built in. I don't act, mean actually cheating, but Mahomes a cheat code. Yeah. That offensive design, cheat code. The weapons across the board are not even great. They just know how to use them. Whether it's Kadarius they have Tony, a great tight end, they have, and, a, they have a Hall of Fame tight end. Right. They have good running backs. They got Pacheco in the seventh round, and he's yep. he's good. McKinnon's a good, valuable pass-catching running back. I'm surprised the Bills didn't try to sign him. But, you know, their endless pursuit of pass-catching running backs. Their receivers, they went out and traded for Kadarius Toney at the deadline. Yep. How big of a move is that? That's right. He makes a big difference for them. The punt return is huge. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he catches a touchdown. So Sky Moore had a touchdown. They Sky Moore him. had a touchdown. I mean, he didn't have a huge season. No. What it is, is it's Mahomes and Kelsey and an elitely designed offense. offense. That's and right. And they revamped their offensive line a couple years back. They've got some pro bowlers up there. They've got, they've got a lot going for them. The number one thing they've got going for them is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, I think the number one thing Bills fans, a lot of Bills fans, would have come away from that game thinking was, Look at the design yeah. of these two offenses. And I feel like I've got a quarterback that's on the level as one of them and maybe better than the other one. Or maybe you want to put all three in the same bucket, and that's fine too. But the design of these offenses, they are throwing to open receivers yeah. regularly. And that's, again, against a team that had the best pass rush in the National Football League. And I think most people would tell you, the best secondary in the National Football League? And how many times did you see a play? We're watching the highlights right now. How many times did you see a Mahomes pass go to a wide-open wide receiver? Not just Kelsey, but all the other guys. And I, I, I think, you know, to Kansas City's credit, and this, this goes to your point about Mahomes and Reed. Mahomes is the kind of quarterback, you get the guy that you go like, well, you know, you can trade your best receiver, and they can still lead the league in scoring and win a Super Bowl title. There was no way I thought Kansas City was going to win the Super Bowl this year. No way. 
I mean, we just had this discussion of I thought the Bills passed them and so did Cincinnati eventually. Never would have picked Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. They traded Tyreek Hill. I mean, they, they weren't going to fall off the map offensively, but they traded their the receiver who made other teams quake in their boots because of his ability and his speed. And they bring in Valdez Scantling and Smith Schuster, and they draft Sky Moore, and they draft Pacheco, and they, all right, so they get McKinnon, they trade for Tony. Nice pieces, right? They invested but a lot. nobody who you would be scared of. No, they invested a lot on their defense. This is what they did. Yeah, but nobody offensively outside. I mean, they had Kelsey. Nobody you'd look at it and go, oh, my God, how do we stop this guy? And they win the freaking Super Bowl again. I mean, that's that's your point. It's very simple as, well, three people, three components. One, the head coach and the design of his offense. Two, the incredibly talented quarterback. And three, the front office for, you know, finding the weapons and the pieces they did to bring in for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to win another Super Bowl. I mean, the defense didn't win. Well, defense had a scoop and score. Well, but Mahomes won I mean, the game yesterday. A scoop and score that's a gift. Yeah, I mean, right, I, right. I thought Steve Spagnuolo on the field interviewed after the game was kind of funny. The defensive coordinator of the Chiefs, who has the best job in America because all you got to do is make like five plays <laughs> and you're going to win. And he, he basically said as much. Yeah. He said, what we preach is just keep this thing close right? because we got him and he'll, he'll get us back in the game. They are, as a defense... I mean, it's it's such a gift. Their defense is like Trent Dilfer carried by the 2000 Ravens defense, except their defense is the defensive side of it. Their defense does not have to be any good. It isn't any good. Right. It was 20th in the league. They had no answers for Hurts. They had rookies that they were really proud of throughout the regular season. But, yeah. I mean, um, what's his name? McDuffie got smoked got, by A.J. Yep. Brown. This is a terrible play by their rookie corner. Was smoked a second time, but the safety bailed him out, or else it would have been another big play for yep. A.J. Brown. Devonta Smith got loose. They couldn't stop Hurts in the run game. Right. The defense made one play, and it was gifted to them. They gave up over 400 yards and 35 points, and Philadelphia converted over 60% on third and fourth down. And the Eagles got into the red zone five different times. It was not a great defensive performance, but like I said, right, when you got Mahomes and you have this incredible offense and this great coach and you don't even need to have the ball for 35, 40 minutes. You can have it for 24 minutes and still put up however many touchdowns they put up over the course of the game. It's um, I should appreciate Kansas City. I'm not New England hating Kansas City. I don't know that I'll ever reach that level. Ever again about about a franchise with Brady and Belichick? One more postseason exit for the Bills. By the Bills to them? Yeah, that might do it. Well, maybe. Because I'm, I'm definitely not at Patriots level. But I just, you know, I don't know. Kansas City, for me, this season went from, that's a fun team, that's a cool story too, that's enough. Next, please. And they don't seem to be going anywhere. Yeah. For me, the story of the Chiefs remains the same as it did three years ago. And and I kind of get crossed up here because, of course, you should try to stop them. Of course, you should have a defensive coordinator and draft players on defense. But, boy, it doesn't ever seem flawed to think you're ever going to stop them. No, no, we'll draft a corner. That'll do it. We'll draft mm -hmm. a defensive end. That'll do it. I'm not even speaking specifically to the Bills here. You know what we'll do? We'll get this guy. That'll make a difference. No, it won't. I don't know how you're going to stop them. Really kind of ever. I mean, the Bills... Had a Kelsey could retire. Kelsey, could, I'm sure they'll be fine after that. They'll have Mahomes and they'll draft a stud receiver. What happens in the, when they retire Kelsey? But then they go out and they draft two receivers like Higgins and Chase, mm -hmm. or maybe they're never picking fifth overall. But 
you know, there are other good, talented receivers that they could have. They could build a different offense. They had an offense with Tyreek Hill. He left. They built a different offense. They won the Super Bowl. If Kelsey retired today, you should pick him to win the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> I know that he is an elite matchup difference maker, but, you know, they'll find a way if they've got Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and just put it all together again, draft some running backs in the seventh round, keep throwing inside screens. That's... Again, like if you go to all the play designs and the little things they do, I started taking notes about l- different plays you see. Where's their run game? Sometimes it's Pacheco. Yeah, he Somet- was good. Sometimes it's an inside screen to a backup tight mm-hmm. end to kill the blitz from the Eagles that gets seven yards. Mm-hmm. Inside screens, middle screens to backup tight ends. You know, right. d- d- it's. I'm not trying to make everything about the Bills' offense, but that's a different world. The Bills do not exist on that level. Well, they. The Bills looked at times, for sure, the Cincinnati game, but at times they looked like even the Miami game, right? At times they looked like they'd never practiced against blitzes and different defensive looks that would throw them off. Whereas Kansas City last night, you know, the Eagles, I don't even know how many times they blitz. They're really not a blitzing team, right? They figure they're going to get through with four, and more often than not, they did this season. But when they did throw something at Mahomes, it just always felt like Kansas City knew what they were doing. There were too many times in the second half of the season we're watching the Bills' offense, and I want to go back to something Diggs said. I think it was on the Dan Patrick show. There were too many times in the second half of the season we're watching the Bills' offense. It looked like it was just disorganized like it didn't know what it was doing like like they didn't watch film of the opponent and have a plan to beat what was being thrown at them whereas Andy Reid's offense no matter what you do they just seem to never miss a beat it's real it how many times have you watched the Chiefs play and thought wow Mahomes looks really confused it looks like Kansas City doesn't know what to do it happens very rarely for the Chiefs and it didn't happen yesterday, obviously, against whatever the Eagles were throwing against them. And that, that's Andy Reid. The biggest news that came out of the Super Bowl last night was Andy Reid saying he plans to be back next season for the Chiefs. That's huge. I was hoping that they'd win a second Super Bowl and he'd retire because the guy's a genius when it comes to offensive football. I guess I didn't realize that was such a big thing that he might retire. Well, he's not, apparently. I did, when I saw the video of Jay Glazer before the game, I thought it was going to happen if they won. Hmm. Wow. The way he made it sound that... He's got a decision to make after the game and talked about, like, kind of riding off into the sunset, spending more time. It sounded like everything from a guy that was setting up for, if I win this game, this is it. Hmm. But then, like, immediately after the game, he's like, nope. If they'll have me back, I'm coming back. I love what I'm doing. Whatever. He he gave no indication after the game that he was getting tired. But the friends I was watching the game with, like, the whole fourth quarter, we were debating, what are they if Andy Reid's not their coach? Right. I think it's a huge. I, I I would assume. Well, I shouldn't assume that they would just bump up Eric Bieniemy. But let's face it, it's Andy Reid's offense. Look what he did in Philly. Look what he's done in Kansas City. The, the, you know, he's fantastic. He's one of the best offensive coaches in the history of the game. So I was I was sitting there hoping that if they won, at least maybe Reid retires, and that means Kansas City drops down a little bit because they don't have him designing all their game plans. Well, that didn't happen either. All right, it is uh, the final football Monday of the season, and uh, we'll get your thoughts on the game. There's a lot to get to, the game, the commercials, the halftime show, DeMar Hamlin. I wanted to get to the Diggs comments, too, Mm -hmm. Oh, and probably some other stuff I forget. There's some other stuff we'll get to over the course of the show. Oh, oh my God, we went through the whole segment and didn't even debate what's a catch. Mm. 
the league needs to do something about their catch rule again. That's one spot the Eagles got a little bit lucky. Unlucky that Devonta Smith was not a catch. Mm-hmm. Lucky that got Goddard it. was a catch. Yeah. Lucky that Miles Sanders was wasn't a, a catch. I, it's, all right, let's get to the break because the how league about, is just messed up. How about, help me with his name, I'm forgetting it early, Mike Mike Pereira? Mike Pereira. Yeah. How about Mike Pereira establishing during the Super Bowl that it's actually a third foot down that counts as possession on that play for Miles Sanders? He didn't get a third foot. Mm. Mike, you don't need a third foot. No, that's not the in the rule rules. Changed. It's not in the <laughs> Did rules. Did he say that? No, this is where a football move comes in. You know, which, I mean, he, he had two feet and then he turned to face a, the that defender. Been a fumble. I knew it wasn't going to be because of what the interpretation is now. Sure. That should be a fumble. But Pereira saying there's no third foot. Mike, this is the Super Bowl, and that's not the rule. You don't need a third foot. To me, the moment was, and we've seen this before. I'll do this quick because I know we got to get the break. I think it was the Goddard play. I think. Mike Pereira, who used to supervise the officiating department for the National Football League, and we've heard this with other NFL rules analysts who've been referees in this league. Mike Pereira basically said, I think that's a catch, but I have no idea what they're going to say. This is this guy ran your officiating department, and on the Super Bowl telecast, Doesn't he's know. telling you, I think it's a catch. I have no idea what they're going to say because nobody knows what, you're, what is a catch, what isn't a catch. It's become a subjective rule, like whether you call pass interference or let them play. It's not supposed to be a subjective rule. It's supposed to be black and white. But they've made it a subjective rule that you have no idea how each referee or how New York will interpretate every single catch now in this league. It's ridiculous what they've done with that. It's the Super Bowl. We're stopping the game to have debates about what's a catch and long reviews. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, we'll get a break. Phone lines are open. Let's get your thoughts on everything from the Super Bowl. Well, not everything. I mean, you know, we don't want you to be on the air for three and a half hours with us. 803-0550 to join us this morning on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mahomes in trouble. Gets away. Mahomes racing with the bad ankle and all. Inside the 20, he's taken down. 
Kevin Burkhardt on the call on Fox. Patrick Mahomes becoming the 13th quarterback to win multiple Super Bowls. Don't worry about it. He's almost at the end of his career, so mm-hmm. there probably won't be many more. Yeah, we had a caller on Friday say Mahomes hasn't done enough. And one of my favorite stats from yesterday was Patrick Mahomes is now 2-1 and one in the Super Bowl and has five AFC Championship game appearances, which matches what Peyton Manning did in his career. And how how many seasons for Patrick Mahomes? Five, uh, five seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, six. He didn't really play in the first one. So I'm going with five. Five F- full seasons. Five full seasons. Three five. Super Bowls, five AFC title games, yep. two Super Bowl rings, two MVPs. Peyton Manning did that in his career. Maybe he'll retire early and go on to do something else with his life. Go play baseball or something like that, like your dad. 803-0550 to join us. We'll get to your calls here in a moment. we got lines open. You can share your thoughts on yesterday's uh, Chiefs victory in the Super Bowl. Philadelphia had four defensive linemen with ten sacks or more and one of the league's best secondaries. Yeah, they got zero sacks yesterday. Did Hassan Reddick play? Yeah. Maybe they just weren't be able to get their footing or something like that on the pass rush. That it, was, was, it was a lousy field. That was too, bad. By the way. That was that was that was bad. It wasn't just like areas where there was paint nope. for logos. It was everywhere. Clean areas on the field. Kickers, receivers, running backs, linemen. Yeah. Nobody could nobody could move. And I think it was was it uh, Tom Rinaldi? I think one of the sideline reports was how the Chiefs had played the Cardinals in Week One and had the same problem. They complained like back then. Hey, there's an issue with the turf. Guys are slipping all over the place, and that was a problem last night, too. Jeremy, you want to grab this line for us, please? We'll get to TJ. We'll get connected with our fans. TJ in Toronto, you're on WGR. Yeah. What time is it now? Six something. If anything, are you, are you, are you get it? And on me, it's a six something. Um, you don't get the ticket for Turn left, turn left. <laughs> I don't think he's talking to us, is he? No, sure, because I don't think we need to turn the show left, so I, I'm going to guess he was... <laughs> it was fun, though. So, does the NFL need to sit down and discuss their catch rule this offseason when the competition committee meets and they bring up whatever other things and types of tackles and safety and concussions on special teams and all this stuff? How about trying to figure out what the hell to do about a catch in this league? I mean, they've over-officiated and rule-changed it so many times. As you said, even the former head of the officiating department didn't exactly know what the rule was last night during the Super Bowl. Nobody knows. Like, they've got to can, – can we just – what do you want to do? You want to just two, catch the ball two feet down, end of story. The Gangwell play, that's a catch now. Have the ball, have possession, two feet down – no third move, no football move, no, you go to the ground, the ball moves. But wait a minute, it's not incomplete if your hand was under the ball and you didn't lose possession. Okay, did he lose possession when the ball moved? What are we doing here? Can we just somehow simplify the catch rule, please? Stop slowing down games, stop confusing everybody. Another moment where fan bases don't know whether, do we celebrate a catch? Do we celebrate an incomplete pass? Well, I don't know. Let's wait and see what the replay is, and let's see if the replay comes on in time for a challenge to be made, and then try and figure out what the referee's going to say because nobody knows. Joe, you've got an idea for the catch, or at least for the sidelines, right? You were tweeting about this last night? Yeah, the com- and this really is more about completing the process of a catch that anything after, so anything after you touch out of bounds, the play's over. The play is over, so anything that has to do with the catch should also be over. Same thing with the goal line. That if you're saying plays over, clock stops the moment someone's foot touches out of bounds, then I don't think that we should continue the play only for the catch process, but not for everything else. So the Goddard play, though, right? He doesn't 
his feet don't touch out of bounds. He, the that, first thing that goes out of bounds is or, when his body comes that, down, that, right? But that was complete. Oh, no, a good one is Devontae Smith. Devontae yeah. Smith, the one that got reversed. He loses it as he hits the ground. Yeah, yeah. He gets two feet in. Yep. He gets three. And then he, th- three feet in, right. Yeah. And then his right shin touches out of bounds. And to at me, that moment, you think... At that moment, down. nothing after it... It, the play is over. Right. Stop the review as soon as a player touches out of bounds. Because that's when the play is over. Okay, yes. but let me ask you this. What do you do on a catch? Guy's got the ball two feet in, goes, falls down out of bounds, and then the ball moves. He but says, what, no, yeah, I'm saying so that's, that's catch. That's, that's a, a catch. catch. Fine. Make less, it. less interpretation, the better we are. Right. He, if you have the ball as a catch by the time the play is over, yeah. that's a catch. Fine. Makes it very... Just make it as black and white as humanly possible because there's too much subjectivity and there's too much interpretation. I mean, if we have to have a discussion about when a ball moves out of bounds, whether a guy has his hand under the ball, whether the whether he lost possession when it was moving, it's just it's complicating things. I don't know. Way what you, too much. I don't have a fix for the Miles Sanders one. That one. See, just... that should be a catch. He caught the ball. He had it in his hands. It wasn't moving. He wasn't right. He wasn't bobbling it. He had firm possession. He's hit. The ball comes out. I mean, I what? Mike that, Pereira, that should be a catch. I, I also learned that night when Mike Pereira said three feet down that <clears throat> that was a thing. That you know, know there, it, was, it wasn't a thing, right? It used to be. However many years ago, three feet down was the rule. One thing that got a lot of run yesterday was Roger Goodell saying officiating's never been better. <sighs> I want you to do something with me. Say yeah. it like this. Well, officiating's never been better. <laughs> Right, give, right. You said on Friday, give me the year in which it was yeah. better. Yeah. So I thought of two different plays yesterday, both involving the Steelers. I don't know why I remember the Steelers. Was this officiating the worst you've ever seen in a Super Bowl? The Chiefs, wow, what a terrible play. The Steelers have a Super Bowl win because of calls that went against the Seahawks in that game in Ooh. Detroit. There was a holding call that called back a touchdown that did not exist. Yeah. Like the Seahawks got completely screwed out of a Super Bowl in, what, like 05 or 06? And then, you know, as you say, what's a catch? I'm thinking back to, and why do I remember this? And I don't remember what I had for dinner. But Troy Palomalu had an interception in Indianapolis that was overturned. And sure enough, I pulled it I pulled it right up. I'm just going to show you. Like, this is a defensive player. So we're going back to 2006 here. He jumps in front, catches, goes to the ground, rolls over, starts to get up. The knee hits the ball. Howard, that was incomplete. Oh, my God, that's funny. That was incomplete. So the NFL's like... Anything, when you call that a fumble, he wasn't down by contact. Well, he covered the ball after the... Okay. So any any sort of, hey, can you believe this? Blah, this is normal. Yeah. this is it, it has been this way for 15 years, and it just... I kind of have lost a lot of energy to get mad about it. Mm-hmm. Because it's... Well, I don't it depends think if it happens to my team. Sure, okay. But but look, what's he going to say? I watched Goodell's press conference. What would you expect him to say? Of course he's going to say the officiating's never been better. What's I, he going to say? Yeah, our officiating, the guys are really bad. I also don't think he's wrong. Look, there's going to be mis- there are there are always going to be mistakes. It's human beings. There will always be mistakes. My problem is not I don't need full-time officials and my problem isn't necessarily the officials. My problem remains the rule book. 
I, I honestly do feel bad for these guys at times. I think the rule book is it, it's got too much crap in it, and there's too much subjectivity, and they need to pare it down. They need to clean it up. They need to make life easier for these guys. They've got to watch a gazillion things. Again, over the years, how many times do you hear a penalty called or a rule explained, and you thought, I didn't know that was on the books? There's just so much stuff these guys have to do over the course of a game where there are eight gazillion snaps. I think the NFL's rule book is the problem. It is not the guy's calling the game. I don't think they're too old or, well, they're at the bank during the week, so they make a bad call on Sunday. The NFL's got a lot of problems with the way it structures its game. And I think that's what you have to do. I I expect the commissioner to have the back of his officials. I wasn't... I watched it. I wasn't upset when he said it. I know people on Twitter exploded. He's just not going to come out and say, our our officiating is bad. We need to clean out the ranks. I mean, what would you even do? Clean out the ranks with who? You would just go start hiring college officials, I guess. Are they better? I don't know. Well, they're going to make mistakes, too. Nobody's. There will always be officiating mistakes, no matter what sport. How many times you watch a baseball game and watch home plate umpires miss balls and strikes all the time? You know, or, you know, miss calls at a base. I mean, hockey officials, we yell and scream about hockey all the time. It's. I, I mean, I just. I get it. Football's magnified. It's 17 games and then playoffs. I, I wasn't upset because. You know, I, I have a bigger problem with the rules and the and the game, not the guys in the striped shirts missing calls. You could even bring up, you know, they got to figure out what to do about booth assist and sky judges and what are we turning over and what are we not and how we, you know, the, this is just a mess. This is just a whole, I was a big replay guy. I'm a huge sky judge guy. Help these guys out whenever you can. And it's just convoluted. The whole process is convoluted right now. I I don't have a solution other than sit down and read, redo, look at the rule book from start to finish and figure out what the heck you can throw out or clean up. Because you're asking your officials to do too much, to do too much in terms of subjective calls of a play, or they're confused by what the heck is a catch. If we are, well, they have, so are they. They know of re- they have replay to help them decide. Right. The, so that, I, that helps. Yeah, and, and I do... Somebody made the point on Twitter, and they're right, the Gainwell play. Let the play play out. Good for them. At they least did. they did that. Yep. There, there, were, there was another play in the playoffs. Oh, it was the Eagles-Niners game, right? They Brock, blew the whistle. Brock Purdy. They blew the whistle. The play was dead, and they shouldn't have. They should have let it run. I do like, the, you know, that would make me angry. You do have a replay system. Let the play play out. I don't think that happens that often. But stuff like that would make me angry. I don't, I, I don't know that I ever really... Get that upset at officiating, like I said, unless it involves a Bills game and the Bills are getting screwed. I'm sure Eagles fans are livid this morning about the Bradbury hold. It was a chintzy call. Well, before you but get... That's not, I mean, officiating is not why they lost. Sorry, go ahead. No, if you, before you get too mad about the Bradbury call for anybody else, I just ask, if that happened for your team, would you feel like your Super Bowl was illegitimate? No. <laughs> no way. I'd be thrilled. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, it's not... T- I would... Lo- First of all, I'd be, I'd be thinking, thank you, we just won the Super Bowl. But uh, I'm not putting an asterisk on the banner or anything. No, of course not. Nope. You know, it, it comes as part of the game. Sometimes you're going to get calls. Sometimes the calls are going to yeah. go against you. The Eagles scored 11 second-half points. Right. Do something. They got out. Not, not got, even about getting stops. Right. Just, you've got the lead. And you they gave up just 24 points Just in the don't give half. it back. Right. You can't give up this lead without your offense helping give it back. Yeah. And they didn't have any turnovers. They just punted a few times. Yeah. 803-0550 to join us. 
as we dissect everything from Super Bowl 57 and anything that you might have seen from Kansas City that made you think about the Bills and their 2023 season going forward. You can let us know about that. Actually, I did do the math this morning. What was it? It was 207 days. The, I wanted to run the opponents by you. We know Kansas City's playing in the Thursday night opener. Yep. They've got quite an impressive home schedule. Bengals. So we can go through that. The and Bengals or Eagles. The Bills are not going to play there. Yeah, the Eagles are on their home schedule, yep. too. Yep. So we'll do that in a second. And uh, Sal coming up at 7 talk more football with us. WGR. It's like I want to give you the storybook uh, or the political that sounds great to say, like, yeah, we gave it everything we got. Uh you know, we fell short and da 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 but it's, it is disappointing. It is very off-putting. It's, it's such a, a delicate season this year with everything that took place and, you know, the adversity we had to battle. And, and you know, it felt like the world was pulling for us. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And in a way, we kind of let them down, especially just how it didn't resolve and how we didn't see the whole thing through. Like, of course, we wanted it for ourselves, but I felt like in a moment throughout the season, everybody wanted it for us. You know, everything that happened and everything that they saw that our season was. Uh, so it damn sure was disappointing. Um, some good things to take from it. We are we are a good team. We've been a good team for, for the past couple of years. And just that moment to get over the hump, it's just like we're, we're working at it. Stefan Diggs on the Rich Eisen Show. So he was on Media Row and answered a lot of questions. And recapping all that, Bill's Chat Podcast, uh, an account on Twitter that, uh, you know, they uh, wrote down all the things they heard that Diggs said, including that, you know, how do you, how do you get over the hump? His answer was, I don't know, it's been three years. He said the team lost their identity nine weeks into the season, stopped doing what they were good at. That's what I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. And he's right. What the heck happened around... Maybe, what, coming out of the bye? Because I think he might have said this was Dan Patrick. Anyway, I, where, whoever made that comment to, that struck me. Because you know what? We all thought that, right? Out of the bye, right? That's when Josh started getting into the all the interceptions and he's forcing passes and they had some red zone troubles. And the last, the second half of the season, we would watch the offense every week and he, they, they would get to 30 points and we'd go, but they don't look right. Something It looks too hard. It's, they're working too hard to get down the field. They don't have the quick strike. They don't just there's something amiss in the Bills offense. So I was actually very glad to hear Stefan Diggs say that because we all thought it. And my question is, what the heck happened in the middle of the season? Did you self-scout and screw up the offense somehow? Because there's a there's a delineation, there's a line of the bye week. They weren't the same coming out. He also said, Diggs, he did not regret the sideline altercation. Quote, you show me someone who's good with losing, I'll show you a loser. Yeah. And just the final note of this, uh, Bill's Chat Podcast writes, I'm not suggesting reading anything into this. It felt uncomfortable. You kept waiting for him to say something that would make you feel better, and it never came. And the entire line of questions on the Mm. Cowboys will be hard for a lot of fans to listen to. He was asked about playing with his brother. Oh. And he said... You know, he entertained the question, said their dream is to play together. Sure. I'm not surprised. No. Why wouldn't it be? I don't know. Maybe the Kelseys have, have a dream to play together at some point. I'd be more interested about what he said about the offense in the second half well, and what did they get away from and why did they get away from it. He mentioned nine, in nine weeks in multiple times. The ninth game was Minnesota. And his hmm. production dropped Considerably after that. Basically, like, they stopped getting the balls to, to Diggs. Right? Why? And I'm guessing Diggs didn't feel it was just, you know, defenses had completely taken him away. That for some reason the Bills... Look, yeah, there were games 
Jeez, I mean, there were games towards the end of the season. I forget which week it was, right? Wasn't there a game where he had like, you know, he'd go like in a second well, half and have one or two targets? Or okay. we got well, to the point where we started saying, hey, throw him the ball at the he, start he, of the game. After Minnesota, his catch totals, four, eight, seven, three, five, two, seven. Ugh, and before nothing. the year, five was the lowest he had ever had in a game target-wise. He had five or fewer three times in that final stretch. Two in the Chicago game. I mean, they were running a lot. Yep. But he had never in a game had less than five. Five was the lowest, and he had five or fewer three times. So they stopped targeting Diggs. That doesn't seem like a good idea. No, it doesn't. I mean, that seems you would you would like to target the guy who's the best weapon on your offense. Now, and, and that's what we debate. Is, is that a Josh thing? Is or, that a right. right? Is that a Dorsey? I mean, Dorsey doesn't go to Josh. He goes, "Don't throw it to Diggs." I mean, but what you what? can you that you can design plays to go to Diggs. You can, that or right? It's a Josh thing. I did think that on the touchdown pass to AJ Brown, he was not open. No, he let him make a play. That's right. It was a corner on him, and it was a safety in the area. But he threw the ball up there. And A.J. Brown and is a stud. he beats the corner, and he beats the safety, and he makes the play. Right. The Bills used to do that. Right? They used to throw the ball and let, let the receiver make a play. 803-0550. Sal's going to join us. We'll talk Super Bowl. We'll talk Bills coaching staff changes with Sal. Tail end of the week last week, uh, the Chad Hall news broke. We didn't have a chance to cover that with Sal, so we'll get to that in a moment. You can join us, too. Phone lines always open for your thoughts on the Super Bowl or whatever else is on your mind this morning on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.